This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to the second half of Iron Real Estate. I am here with Stephen Ebert, who is our legal real estate expert attorney. And I always tell you, when you come to real estate, no matter what deals you're doing, please be smart and use a real estate attorney. Um, Stephen, I have heard that a new executive order came out, I think just yesterday, uh, on cryptocurrency and the development of a digital dollar. Yeah. Good, good morning, Dottie. You're, you know, you're exactly right. You know, uh, President Biden just uh, had a, a very important executive order this week, and it is really starting to lay the foundational groundwork for this process. So, what happened is in the order, in and of itself, there's no change today. But if you read very closely you'll see the framework is starting. And a number of key cabinet, um, uh, key departments, excuse me, on the federal government are going to be collaborating. And before this year is out, generally six months from now, they're going to be issuing a number of reports. And if you look in the executive order, you're going to see it, it pays homage to a number of points. It talks about modernizing currency and transactions. It talks about personal individual liberty. It talks about um, corruption. It talks about uh, international terrorism, all as factors to consider when determining what to do with cryptocurrencies and also the what we, we call the digital dollar. So really, this is the. But Stephen, can you oh. explain that? Cause, can you explain that? Because, I mean, I I think a lot of people are really not. I mean, some are and some aren't, but cryptocurrency is becoming more mainstream, wouldn't you say, than it was a couple of years back? Do you see transactions? I mean, yeah, so so what I would say is this. I wouldn't say it's in the mainstream yet, so let's begin that. But I think you you hit it very correctly. It's becoming more mainstream, right? So it's not mainstream yet, but it's there and, and and it is growing. And I think the government rightly has realized we need to figure out a policy because there is a lot of inherent risk, right? If you look at how countries are handling cryptocurrencies, it's very, very different across the world. Uh, India and China, much more restrictive. And the reason behind that, and this, in my personal opinion, particularly with China, is that they're trying to control really outflows of currency. Right. If we take a step back before we delve deeply into cryptocurrency for a second, if you can freely trade currencies, whether it's dollars or pounds sterling or euros or yuans or yens, what happens is people are going to gravitate based on the performance of the country and the economy and also the level of freedom. Because even if you have a currency, if you can't spend it and you can't move it around, even if that country's economy is doing well, that limits the value. 
And what cryptocurrency has been an amazing factor in, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more because it really has repercussions for our real estate market, um, is that it's a, it deals with that free flow and movement of currency. And so the U.S. government has allowed cryptocurrency to grow, and they're really looking at how do we regulate this properly and strike that fine balance of being at the forefront of technology and finance. At the same time, we want to be very careful about individual liberty, right? If I show up to a store right. and I put down a couple of dollars for, you know, some drinks or, or you know, or for, you know, some snacks, nobody's tracking right. that. But if I'm paying that digitally, at some point, does that get tracked, right? I remember years ago, and it's amazing how prophetic this ad was, the American Civil Liberties Union had this ad when talking about privacy of somebody calling up and ordering pizza. And the other person on the line was like, oh, you know, we noticed because this is tied to your health account, you know, you sort of had high blood pressure. So maybe you don't want to order pepperoni pizza. Maybe you should consider plain and get some veggie sticks instead of mozzarella sticts, right? And that was the whole point out of like this information that's out there and what people know. So it's a very, very important piece, and I was very glad that they made a reference. We'll see how much they follow through on it. That but let me ask you, about Steve. Currency, yeah. Yeah. No, finish, because I have a question I, I, that I have to uh, I want to ask, because I, I have to ask you something. With cryptocurrency, uh, isn't it that, that you, it's not, tra can you track that or not? Isn't well, people not, use it because it's... So, yeah, no, it's a great How point. So I want to distinguish cryptocurrency and the discussion of a digital dollar, right? All right, in do that. And, and, and yeah, so in so cryptocurrency, obviously, it's private. It's whatever value people attribute to it, um, and and it has its own set of rules, and each currency is different. Versus the idea of a digital dollar, where literally, instead of having cash in your wallet, you would have a, a you know a digital a digital wallet, right? And so there are obviously repercussions because then what happens is if you're going to be paying with it, if it's a payment system, then of course that could be tracked. Cryptocurrency, you don't have to give your real name. You have various tokens to access. Think of it more like a digital old-fashioned Swiss bank account um, back in the day. And so you're, you're exactly right. There are all these different things, and it's a bit confusing because you have private sector, you have government talking about it. You have something that's out there and new tokens coming out on a regular basis versus the idea of having literally a U.S. digital equivalent of that dollar bill that you see in your wallet being able to be digital. And what are the repercussions and repercussions, right? Look at right now, we have, you know, prices going up, high inflation. What does it mean and how do we look at money you know, having a dollar in our wallet saying, oh, I only have a dollar left. I want to be careful what I'm spending versus some digital wallet, right? How do we spend and how do we do things and what are the repercussions? And even I'll make one last point on it, the constitutional issue. You know, it's funny when I, when I went to law school, I never would have thought that the portion of the Constitution that says in the Congress shall um, coin currency might actually be a very big constitutional battle, right? If we're creating a digital currency, 
is the U.S. government still coining currency, right, in that traditional sense? But, 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 people fight that. Yeah. Right. But isn't it, is it kind of like a digital wallet? Would you, could it be like a charge card almost? Well, well, the, it, it, you know, it's an, it's an interesting point. And, and, you know, I've said this to people as well. On the one hand, people say, oh, when you have cryptocurrency, you're really having direct payments and you're pulling out the middleman for these payment systems. Exactly right. But if you look at it, we're moving towards something, right? You have, you know, you can pay by wire transfer or what's called like an ACH, right, or electronic bill pay. But you also right. have American Express, MasterCard, Visa. You can Venmo, right. you can Zelle, and you have crypto. So I think what we have right now is, and this is very common, if you look in the business cycle of an industry, when you have something new happen, is you have a lot of companies out there, and they're trying to get market share, and they're trying to figure this out. And a number of them are going to fail. Some of them will merge. And then ultimately, a new standard will adopt. And I honestly believe that we are at the beginning of a process in which we're moving towards a new standard in which we, we figure out how to pay things, right? You look at Google Pay or Samsung Pay or Apple Pay, right? You go on the New York City subway now, they're going to get rid of the metro cards and you tap your phone and you have to use Google or Apple Pay. I mean, think about this for a second. The role of government and the private sector interacting in a very different way, Right. Well, about let me up, ask you, is it, is it, do you think it's a benefit? Like, in other words, if you use a charge card, you pay X amount of interest rate, correct? Like, you, it's unless well, you pay that bill it, off. Right, right. So it's, it's, you, an, it's an interesting thing. Like, I like using a credit card for safety, convenience, and I get my free points. And as long as you pay right. it off each month, you're not paying directly. The merchant, the store is paying. Um, right. But we're at a very, very interesting inflection point because we're really redoing how we're paying for things. We're at that point, and we have government, right? Because would you have thought when you were growing up, you have your wallet. You got your cash in your wallet. You know, you can use a credit card, but that, that's what you have. And the idea that the government, the issue of the currency, which is not going anywhere, is going to be interfacing with the private sector in a very different way to pay for things. And, and so we're right at the infancy of that happening. And that also very much is a real estate conversation, too. It's not just your cup of coffee or your subway ride. Um, but real estate is very much at the heart of this conversation as well. So if you were to talk to our listeners and start to, like, introduce the different currencies and things, different digitals, and, uh, you know, I, you're probably correct in the sense some, some will make it, some won't. Um, what, are, like, the, what would you say are the first things, if someone doesn't know a lot, and I find that some people do and some people don't, um, and it doesn't make you not smart, it's just that it's kind of, fairly new, uh, what, sh what are really the ABCs that you should know or you should start to like look into just so that you can know about it or start to learn about it? First off, I think a little bit of healthy skepticism is important, right? You want to make sure that you are, you've worked hard for your money at your job, maybe you inherited some money, you, you've invested in the stock market, et cetera. 
you first of all want to protect your nest egg. You don't want to all of a sudden jump on the latest fad. And so I would, number one, be very, very careful because there are a lot of new tokens. There are a lot of new coins that are out there on a regular basis. And until people really understand how value is created, you could get very hurt financially if you're not careful, right? Think about right. 20 years ago. Remember when we had the dot-com boom and we had the dot-com bubble? Yes. We had people investing in all sorts of these startups, and some of them did amazing, right? If you invested in Google, in Amazon, some of them did You'd very, be a millionaire. Well. You'd be a millionaire. Millionaire over. Okay. If and you then, invested in those yeah. companies. But I remember a company was called Kazoo, I think it was, was the name. And, you know, the funny thing about it, what did they do? They you would pay them a premium and they would deliver anything to your home rapidly. And the funny thing is they didn't make it. Society wasn't ready, but here we are today and we have Uber eats and we have Grubhub, right? So, so sometimes what happens is right. Remember back when we used to have Betamax, right? Listen, Steve, I'm I'm, I'm old enough that I remember the pay phone that you had to put a quarter in or a dime or whatever it was. Exactly. So sometimes people have these technologies and they're great and they just also don't time the market right. Society's not ready for it. Right. Think about how your cell phone is today versus 20 years ago and what you can do with it. Right. So it changes your you need these other pieces that go along with it. So now we have a very interesting time period where you have the technology that's there. People are psychologically they have the phones. There's wide adaption. People feel comfortable with it. And then that is a key element to being able to transact. Because the idea of 20 years ago having a digital wallet, what would you use it? How would you store your digital wallet? I don't think anybody would even think of it. Right. Even if the idea was, I think people, it was, but you know, Stephen, no, not many people, you know, you're a very smart man. I I mean, I've always said that. Okay. But not many people like realize that sometimes and you just said it and i think this is key to anything in life sometimes you have the right idea but the timing is wrong so sometimes the first man who might or woman who might come up with this idea if the world isn't ready for it if the market's not ready for it maybe the second guy wins or the second woman wins it's a lot about timing too uh and I think a lot of people, so I can't agree with you more. So where do you think we're in the beginning of it? But I do think people should learn about it, okay, or should start to learn about it, because somebody's going to end up, it's going to end up being in some form or another. Now, do you see yeah, the so, real so estate? Think, do you so see? I think right now, so, so, so on that point, Dottie, um, I, I think what we're seeing right now is the White House is taking a smart step, is if they, if they get this right, it is. It can be very revolutionary, but if they get it wrong, it could be highly costly and highly destructive. So what they did in this executive order this week is they okay. are putting together the Treasury Department, Defense Department, a variety of agencies, and basically saying, come back to us in six months, and let's come back with round one, a detailed report, exactly how to start formulating this process. So nothing's happening today Wait. or tomorrow. But, but you can see very well that they're starting a very intensive research project 
with the outcome of going towards the adoption of a, a, a digital dollar. Like you, you can, if you're looking down the path, you can see that's where it's leaning towards, but it could manifest itself in very different ways. And I think what's also very interesting is how that works in a complementary fashion to actual hard currency, our paper and our coins too. And that's going to be a very important part of the discussion um, as well. Well, you have to keep us posted because that is important. And again, how does the dollar measure up to that? And you know, you know, people ask, "Oh, are people taking cryptocurrency in real estate?" I would say there's probably couples, but not not many yet. Uh, but I think that everyone should start to learn about it. And it is. So you're saying that they're 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 looking into it and they're going to come out with a report. And you think we're leaning towards. Another type of currency other than the dollar, or am I, did I get that wrong? Well, well no, I, I, so I think where we're going, so they basically said, come back to us, these agencies, come back in six months with a detailed report with the idea of moving towards the creation of a digital dollar. I don't think the digital dollar will be different than the paper dollar. Right, so it'll be the same value. Right, so but you won't have to have a wallet I'm, that you carry. Right, so what I'm envisioning, exactly, what I'm envisioning right now is, you know how you have Apple Pay and Google Pay on your phone? Yes. Why can't you have America Pay? And then all of a sudden, you have access to your account. So instead of walking around, let's say, let's say you're going to meet someone, instead of having $200 in cash on your pocket and you're worried, right, you could have your phone and you have $200 in your wallet, and it can, it, it can be legal tender and transact the same way. Now, what's interesting about it is that would be direct from the government, right, the, the issue of the currency. And there's a big conversation here because one of the big values, right, you look at why is MasterCard and Visa and American Express so prolific around the world and successful? Well, they've developed a whole network to process these payments and it's considered secure and respected right you walk into a restaurant and you see one of those logos that has a meaning in your head that has decades worth of trust so one of the interesting yes, things right. is how does the government also roll this out right because even if they create you know i'll call it again america pay all of a sudden wait a minute how do you do it how do you process this right you know, you have Zelle and Venmo. It's really coming from the banks, right? You have the SWIFT system for wire transfers globally that's coming out of the banks, and, and the banking systems are involved, but it's based out of Belgium, right? So how do we put this together? So I think that's going to be a very You should continue this next week. You left us – yes. And we have the news – we have a, a, a break coming up, but you really have to keep us posted on this because this is – Really, the beginning of, I think, a whole revolution. Absolutely. And we didn't even get a chance to talk about how international sales of real estate in Russia and Ukraine and the New York market oh, really are dealing with all these issues as we're speaking about we, it at the same time. Can you do that for us on our next show? Absolutely. We're 
scrumptious, juicy leg of lamb. You know, cooked to perfection the way a fine restaurant serves it. You can't seem to match that great flavor of a fine restaurant steak at home, can you? Well, now you can. It starts with the quality of the cut. The answer is clear. Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors, operating in the New York, New Jersey area, supplying fine restaurants for 100 years. Lafreda supplies over 1,600 fine restaurants daily with flawless perfection. Lafreda serves the country's best chefs and restaurants. You can now have all the same cuts of beef, pork, and poultry delivered directly to your home from an iconic meat purveyor operating since 1922. Visit them at lafreda.com and try America's best meat. L-A-F-R-I-E-D-A dot com. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish uh... is pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now he speaks Spanish. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. The founders of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. Call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You don't want to miss what's in store for you at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City. It's the 7th Annual 21st Century Drug and Violence Prevention Training Conference put on by LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs. As a community, let's come together as one and help develop our youth into leaders of tomorrow. LEAD partners, law enforcement agencies with our educators, community leaders, families to create programs that deter youth and adults from drug use, drug-related crimes, bullying, and violence. They are committed to reinforcing the mutual respect, goodwill, and relations between law enforcement and their communities. Exactly what this country needs. Registration is available for the three-day conference at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City, March 20th through the 22nd. Sign up at leaddrugs.org. That's lead, L-E-A-D, drugs.org. Help bring law enforcement and our community together during these difficult times. Sign up for the 7th Annual LEAD Conference today. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate. And I have promised you a guest, Jonah Blake, that was going to talk about uh, the metaverse and the uh, and gaming and all of that neat kind of stuff and Maybe we got our signals crossed, and he is not on yet. I'm not sure if he got the right time. But he is an expert on gaming and the metaverse, and, of course, I am no expert on it. Um, but I wanted him to talk about it because I, I find it a very interesting topic, and I have embraced it and really have done a lot of homework on it because... Basically, in the way I would describe it, and I, again, am not an expert, but I'm learning, so you can learn with me. And if you know more than me, then by all means, call us 
and tell us uh, what you know. But basically, it's a virtual. It's, it's a virtual world. Let's assume the world we're sitting in right now is a real world, and here's a virtual world. And okay, we have Jonah on, and I'm going to let him. How I, I'm going to tell you how I met him, Jonah. Yeah, hi, Dottie. How's it going? Oh, great. I was so worried. I thought you weren't going to be on. I thought maybe some, we, we made a mistake in the timing. But I was just talking a little about how I met you. And um, Jonah is an accomplished gamer, and he advises top media professionals in the gaming space. Um, he is the chief gaming officer at Game Funds Partners, and he is fascinating. And gaming, the metaverse is just uh, part of gaming, but I want to start to introduce our audience to this because I really am so passionate about it, and I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's still early. So, Jonah, how would you, you know, how would you to to our listeners describe the metaverse in a simple definition, basically? Yeah, sure, and and thank you for having me on your show. Um, the the way I explain it to everyone in, in like two sentences is it's the the three D layer of the internet that currently exists today with decentralized payment rails. That is the clo- That is the simplest way I can define it. So it's like a 3D. And so, um, is, is, and, and, and when you go to the metaverse, which is, I, I don't know how to explain it because you're the expert, and I really, since I've met you and spoke to you, I, I've, I've really done so much homework on it because it fascinates me. And I think that it is going to be something um I think it's going to be a big thing. Now, I know it's risky, but would you describe it basically as like light, like living in another world, a virtual world? I, I, yes and no. I think, I think it will depend on how people use this new technology or this new addition to um, existing technology. I think for many it will be living in another world, but I think – from the perspective of business and what you, whatever business you're doing today, I think it's, it's more of a complement to the work you already do. It's not to say that the physical world or, you know, will, will dissipate in any, any capacity, but um, the, the virtual world, the metaverse adds flavor and additional value to the things we currently do is kind of how I look at it. And it's currently, you know, a $1 trillion plus opportunity. You've got, J.P. Morgan, you know, releasing reports on it, which at one time they weren't that bullish on. Um, Greylock Partners, you've got Morgan Stanley talking about an additional $50 billion in market value for high fashion. You know, the future of work, when you think of, you know, whether you like Facebook or not, with uh, their their soft, their soft software and their, their concepts around working from home but being in the office all at the same time. Um, if If – the way I look at it is if your business or your, the things you want are wants and not needs, those wants are going to exist in the metaverse first going forward because it's easier to generate there. All right, but for those who don't really understand, because I, you know, obviously I was on a Zoom with you and I, uh, I, you know, I 
really, I was just at a conference, okay? I was at uh, a Wall Street, it was $25,000 a ticket, and I've met so many people that already own properties, and if you as a, just the person who wants to learn a little about it, just Google Metaverse. And, you know, and you can see. Now, what interested me is, Jonah, you know, I'm in real estate. And I, your family is pretty involved in real estate also. So people are buying virtual homes. They're buying virtual houses. They're buying virtual art. And when you tell certain people that, they look at you like, well, why would they buy something they can't touch and hold? Yeah, well, uh, my well, my response is always like uh, this, very simply. Well, okay, why would you buy a home in the metaverse? I would say to you, why do you buy a .com domain name for yourself? You know, your name .com or your business .com or your charity .org. Why do you buy domain names? And you buy domain names because you you want to have a digital footprint. And if you want a digital footprint going forward in the future in the in the metaverse, um, your new domain is probably what we would call an ENS domain or like a uh, a blockchain domain registry name. And on top of that, uh, you will have a virtual um, gallery or home that is a a amalgamation of all of the things that you collect and that you do in your digital existence in one shared space that you can show other people. Okay, but I want to go backwards for a second because you know this and you advise major companies. Okay, this is, you know, you're an expert. The Most people I talk to have no idea really what it is. All right, so I want to just kind of break it down because if you give us a little and a little and a little, that's the way I think people are going to understand it because you're talking to people that really understand it. And what I, I'm not sure that it will be really mainstream for a while, but, you know, I'm looking at real estate selling and saying, okay, so people are buying real estate on the metaverse. It's a virtual house, okay? It's a virtual piece of art. All right. So how does somebody who doesn't really know a lot about the metaverse, how would you advise a person to just start to learn about it, not invest in it, just to learn about it? And obviously, to, you need a, you know, um, how do you get started on the metaverse? Like, you know, how does a person who doesn't know a lot about it learn about it? And then if they wanted to take it further and get started, how would they do that? Yeah, well, um, the first thing I would do is before using any blockchain or cryptocurrency technology, I would go look at video games. So I would go watch YouTube videos or read articles on games specifically. And these are technically metaverses. They're just they don't have payment rails. So they're like the prior experiences before the real metaverse uh, kicks in. So I would watch uh, Roblox videos, Minecraft videos, World of Warcraft videos. I think for for people who have no idea on the metaverse, I think they first need to understand what gaming is because gaming. Well, then let's start there, Jonah. Maybe you should start there because the metaverse is part of gaming, and maybe you can just tell our audience or our listeners what what 
if you're starting with gaming, what they should know about gaming? Yeah, well, I think you should know gaming specifically. So metaverse is like a large um, umbrella term, and gaming has the largest slice of that uh, umbrella ecosystem. And it's where really everything started for the metaverse. So if you want to, again, if you know metaverse, you need to know gaming. And what you should know about gaming is um, these are, are fantastical experiences designed to entertain you or your children in a digital environment that has specific um, what you would call quests or missions, things that you can do. And then based on that, there is what you'd call gameplay design, which is based on what setting or world it's built in in the mission or quest that you are asked to do your character has certain functions, like your 3D avatar, certain functions that allow you to activate those quests or missions. And that sounds confusing until you see it on, on video, but, um, you know, really... Well, it does sound avatar, confusing, so I, I think to your point, you should go on YouTube. But, Jonah, you can take kids at two years old, and I think you were one of the people who said to me, if you look at the, at maybe not somebody who's you know, been around a while. But if you look at young kids, they're on devices 24-7. And if you look at little sh kids that are two or three years old, they're on devices. They're building houses interactively. They're playing games interactively. So they are going to be very used to that, correct? Yeah, they already are. So just so people are aware, the metaverse is already here. It's just we're adding payment rails and identity and other things that you need to run an economy in another virtual space. But it already exists. Gaming, there are 3 billion gamers, you know, already in the world, and they play on average 10 to 12 hours a day, uh, well, depending on what region. But, uh, you know, over 30% of the world already plays video games. So the young generation is already extremely fluent in this in this technology. Okay, hold on, Jonah. We have a, a commercial break coming up. We'll just hold your thoughts and we'll be right back. Um, we're, we're talking to Jonah Blake about the metaverse and gaming and how it's really becoming part of people's lives. We'll be back right after this break. You've spent a lifetime building a life. Continue your independent, carefree lifestyle overlooking the Hudson River at Riverwalk Senior Apartments by River Spring Living in Riverdale. Live independently while surrounded by friends in this vibrant community filled with cultural activities, gourmet meals, hospitality services, and caring staff. Learn how River Spring Living balances independence and support at riverwalk.org. Better yet, schedule a private tour by calling 855-45-RIVER. That's 855-45-RIVER. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. We're going to be in Atlantic City to support our local community March 20th through 22nd. It's the 7th Annual 21st Century Drug and Violence Prevention Training Conference put on by LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs. They are committed to reinforcing the mutual respect, goodwill, and relations between law enforcement and their communities. Sign up at LEADDrugs.org. It's LEADDrugs.org. Sign up for the 7th Annual LEAD Conference today. 
Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back. As, uh, I'm here with Jonah Blake, who is an accomplished gamer and regularly advises top media professionals. And we're talking about gaming and a bit about the metaverse. And as I said, we're going to try to give it to a lot of our our listeners in little bits because really even for myself it was hard to get my arms around it. How long has the metaverse been around, Jonah? Yeah, um, about twenty years around there. Okay, so I can tell you that I didn't know about it twenty years ago. Uh, when do, so how I mean when did you, when did when did you, when did you start to feel that people really started to take more of an interest. If it's 20 years ago, is a long time that it's been around, and I... When do you think that people started really paying attention to it? Well, I think people start... I think the non-gaming world, meaning people who want to experience things that gamers have experienced for way over 20 years, um, have already... Uh, was when the, when the pandemic started, right? When you're you're sitting at home, at home and you've got nothing to do. Yeah, you know. Right. So I think I think that's when it when people realized, oh, what are these games, right? You know, I I'm not, I'm probably out of a job. You know, I'm sitting at home and in or even an apartment and I'm alone and I need connection. Uh, maybe I'll buy a, a video game console or a PC or a VR headset, and that's when people really realized that there was. Uh, something here more significant than just a a vehicle to play video games on. Okay, that's a good point because we all were stuck at home. I I think that when I heard that you know 
you know, when I heard that we were going to be shut down, I never imagined we'd be shut down for as long as we were. And, uh, you know, New York got pretty, hit pretty bad. And uh, California did, too. So people were stuck at home, and I guess that, that's a good point. They, they, they had, you know, you could go crazy. <laughs> so people really spent a lot of time. Now, what can you do in the metaverse? Yeah, well, <clears throat> eventually you'll be able to do almost everything in the metaverse except, uh, you know, eat, drink, water, and, and sleep. But you'll pretty, uh, you know, but you'll pretty much be able to do everything else. You know, currently now, um, how do I say? Uh, you can do uh, a lot of things. Well, communication is is key for social networking. You can you can have really interesting social networking experiences over video games that you can, or sorry, the metaverse, you can absolutely do that. Um, you can race cars, you can uh, fight crazy looking characters, you can be in a military simulation, you can fly a simulated plane. Um, you, again, you can have real estate and run your own, uh, you know, like mini economic system. Um, you can do almost, almost anything that is within the realm of a computer's capabilities. Okay, so you basically now you can help me if I'm if I'm getting this wrong, but so basically you can go into the metaverse and kind of do whatever you 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 can do. Maybe something that you couldn't do in in this world. You can kind of do different things, and you can actually meet different people. Correct, or actually would be yeah. Actually, you would have to have an NFT, and I. I want to go back a second to my first question and saying how do you first of all that people should start to look at YouTube and I really believe you should. I'm not telling anyone to invest any money in this because it's very you know it's 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 very high risk but you don't have to. Um, but you should start to learn about it. I really believe that. And when you start to learn about it. And you'll see little kids that are on, they're, they're, they're playing games with their devices that are basically interactive. So you can, as, as, as Jonah said, you can do anything you want. But how, so you get started, you, you look at some YouTubes and try to do some homework, read about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you say no, it's been around 20 years. And then now to go to the, if you want to go to the metaverse, if you want to just say, okay, I want to, I don't want to buy anything. I don't want to buy a house. I don't want to buy art. I don't know enough about anything to buy anything. I just want to travel and go and see. And there's a lot of different metaverses. Do you have to buy? How do you do that? How do you start that process? Yeah, well, you, you need a VR headset a gaming PC or just a PC like an Apple computer uh, or a video game console such as an Xbox, a PlayStation, or even a Nintendo Switch. And I, I think it's important to, to say that um, separate your idea of Metaverse and NFT. So Metaverse is like the base layer for experience. And then an NFT right. is just a signature of ownership on what you would call a digital asset. A digital asset is basically um, imagine a physical pair of glasses and then a computer rendered a 3D pair of those same glasses. That 3D glasses is now a digital asset that your avatar can interact with. So that's like what a digital asset is. So 
separate before you even get into NFTs, understand what the base layer of the metaverse is. And by the way, you can do, uh, I'll give you just one quick example of, of something really cool. So um, a member of our team on our fund, as well as others I know, uh, became professional Formula One eSports drivers. So these are people who had a simulation steering wheel in a gaming PC, and they were playing racing games that had accurate simulation to real-life Formula One. They got so good that some of those Formula One eSports video game drivers are now Formula One, uh, you know, Formula One real-world drivers because they had the same experience in the video game. So it's also wow. a great tool for practicing simulation. Wow. So, okay, so someone to get started, how do they get an avatar? Or how do they, I mean, okay, so they go to YouTube, they look at, they 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 kind of look, learn as much as they can, and then how do you, how would you advise someone to get started? Yeah, well, I'd say every metaverse, because there's more than one metaverse, it, it's like um, yeah, different worlds. Yeah. Um, find a metaverse that really interests you and then learn about it. And if you go on YouTube or Google and you look at something like Roblox or Minecraft or Sandbox or Decentraland, they're all different metaverses with their own avatars. And, and pick a metaverse <clears throat> that you find interesting and learn a lot about it. And then some of the characteristics of that metaverse may carry over to another world. If you want to be on, like, the Web3 blockchain metaverse, then you should go to Decentraland first. And then if you have a, a good piece of hardware, download Sandbox. So, and, and these are early day systems, right? Like these are things that will be built and upgraded over time. Um, but this is like this is like the early days of like untouched land is sort of like where we're at on those types of metaverses. Okay, so and and so you would suggest that you go really and that, and and do your homework and and go to you know look at different videos. There's a lot, as as Jonah said, there's a lot of different metaverses, and as I am telling you, I am learning about it, um, and I'm fascinated with it, and I really believe, and this is just an opinion, I believe this is really going to be an alternative place for people to go and do and interact with. And I think, Jonah, maybe we were talking, and you might have said to me, if you think about it, young, every, young kids today, they're on their devices 24-7. Yeah, they're like never no, without a device. So yeah. if, you, if you kind of have to guess, and look, no one knows the, the real future of anything other than the man above, but if you had to kind of look at where you see things going. If you see young kids, they are on devices 24-7. And even for myself, you know, once I had a cell phone, then I couldn't be without it. But before I had a cell phone, I really, you know, had to put a dime in the, uh, in the, in, 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 in the phone booth. So people are going to be on devices. And I think, even though I can't predict the future, that that's pretty known. I mean, that's pretty. There's a pretty good bet that that that's how people are going to continue. And having experiences on it is basically what they're doing. And I, I see little kids that are two or three years old, and they're building houses together with people all over. You know, with kids from different places and I remember one dad Jonah told me you know I guess he had gotten divorced and he had to so I guess he had some kind of an arrangement with his ex-wife that you know 
he would get the kids sometimes and she would get the kids. But he didn't live close to where those kids grew up. And he said, well, this is great that they have the Internet. They still can play with their friends and see their friends and talk to their friends, even though they're not living close. So your suggestion is for people, because I know in your world you're going to think this is very naive of me or kind of so elementary, but I can't tell you how many people really don't know that. <laughs> no, well, I, I, yeah, so, yeah, I live, I live in a... You know, I live in a world that is definitely a little farther ahead, but that doesn't just because someone doesn't know it doesn't make them uh, any less of a of a person. There's a lot of things people no. know in the world that I have no. No clue one knows about. everything. No one knows yeah. everything, and you know it's kind of something like I had said to somebody. You know, when my dad. Uh, when for, when dishwashers came out, you know, when he was still washing dishes and we bought him a dishwasher, oh, or maybe it was a microwave oven that we bought him, he didn't use it, okay, because he wasn't used to it. So this is not a matter of being smart or, or not smart, you know. You're, you could be a scholar. It's a matter of kind of, you know, I think some of us tend to, you know, many of us tend to stay in the worlds that we live in. So if we're, you know, what, you know, and so... I just think it's something people should expose themselves to and start to know about. And it might not be something you're interested in, or it might be something you are. But I look forward to you coming on because I know you're so versed in this. And I really think that it's going to really have a big future. So, Jonah, thank you so much for calling in and talking to our listeners. And I hope you'll come on again soon. Absolutely, and to thank you for our, having me on. Yeah, and to all of our listeners, have a great weekend. Enjoy, and we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.